podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the first Terrace podcast of the 20... Fucking hell. <laughs> of the 2020... Of the 2020s. <laughs> Welcome to the first Terrace Podcast of 2020. I am joined by Tony Anderson. Hello there. And Gary Cocker. It's all uphill from here. I always realise that before I start um, start talking, it's like I don't have anything prepared to what, was, what I'm going to say. Whereas like Graham, when he's hosting, he, he I think he's usually pre, prepared something. Yeah, pre- prepared. Pre- prepared. <laughs> prepared. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, when you say it's only up from here, no, it's not Gary. I'll not, prove that wrong. We've been off for a few weeks, but nothing has changed for Joel. He's exactly the same. Yes. This uh, is still the third introduction. Of the <laughs> <laughs> and it still wasn't good. Yeah. Graham always has uh, the, the podcast that... Da-na, da-na. Yeah. And Telford normally has pretty good hosting ones. Yeah, when he when he was last on it. I'm too scared because I know I will make an arse of my words. So it's like, oh, just just keep it safe. Yeah, just go safe. And even then, I can't. Hoof the ball, podcast Thursday. Gary Cocker, Tony, go. But we also need to apologise for the lack of podcast on Monday. It's just the first day back at work. We were all up in Trolls on Saturday. It was just Craig's uh, filler still on holiday. We just couldn't get the availability. There was like I think there was one person free, and then there were one person free in Glasgow. It just yeah. didn't work. I think trying to organise it about half an hour before we started drinking on Saturday. That was my mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I'll, 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 I'll was interested. Nah, nah. I'll run up to that because I thought right, everyone's going to be looking at the group chat because we were going to be out, uh, out and about. People were like excited to see what um, if folk are getting to the train station or not. No, folk just ignored me. <laughs> well, there's a hottie. There, we're going to do hotties and hotties. There's a hottie. Montrose hospitality. Yes, uh, I was going to mention it uh, later on because we're going to uh, hopefully talk a wee bit about the lower leagues. But it was it, it was it was as good as expected it was going to be because I, I really do like Montrose and the host- I've done the hospitality before and they look after you very well. Yep, I think that's the thing with lower league hospitality is that because you know the lower down the pyramid you go, obviously the more that they want to make sure that hospitality is special for people. Um, and that it's a memorable memorable yeah. day and people come back as well yeah because um, people might come regularly yeah. uh, to do some of that because it is relatively affordable uh, compared to other ones in the top yeah. flight which would be like once in a blue moon you'd want to do it but yeah I thought it was, I thought it was great the whole squad coming up at the end I thought that was a really nice touch Every, like what was it about 10-11 players came up and what I thought was really cool uh, you never get that I remember when I went on at Easter Road they just sent Colin Nish up and uh, my my mate who was twenty two at the time got stood in a queue and got a photo with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I remember getting a photograph with Scott Wilson, the stadium announcer, <laughs> when I was younger. Fourth one DJ. <laughs> <laughs> one of my one of my lower points. The only thing that was missing was uh, what our growth have, which is when they seem to go to Poundland. And just pick up random things, get them signed by the first team squad, and then raffle them off. Yeah, that, that's that's a quite that's a pretty cool touch. Yeah. There's still actually a hot water bottle signed by Arbroath's uh, squad from last season sitting on Duncan's desk. On Duncan's desk? You that went away with the ball, didn't you? Yes, I've still got the, the ball. Well, yeah. Partly <laughs> hoping no one realised that. For some reason, it was when I was brushing my teeth this morning, I was like, I'm sure we've got a... Because I was thinking about the podcast, yeah. I'm sure we've got a ball. 
I'm sure there was a ball kicking yeah. about when uh, when we left. I was wanting to get like you and Telfer and that to sign it to sort of bring the value of the ball up because you are probably more famous than the Madrid squad. <laughs> Probably <laughs> level, level part of me. <laughs> it will be taken off by eBay. <laughs> the uh, and, and of course Graham dressing up as uh, was it Monty the Mole? Monty Mole. Um, Monty Sean um, was was He was given the opportunity to dress up as Monty Mole. Um, was really excited about it right up until the moment he was pulled away from the table. Yeah. Told, no, no, no. We're, this isn't a joke. We actually mean you can do this. Uh, so it was up to Graham to step into his shoes. And I've never seen anyone more happy to step into yes. a mole's shoes. Whereas Sean was, you could just you see his, uh, his face change when he realised that he, was, um, he wasn't getting his photo taken, he was actually going to be the mascot. <laughs> and then he realised, I really don't want to do that. Yeah, that vein got about three times <laughs> the size when he realised he was going in. <laughs> my, my naughty is, uh, it's very recent, Stephen Gerrard and his comments. So the, the, oh, these are on two levels. You've got the so you've got his uh, comments yesterday or the day before about uh, Celtic putting away the violin, which uh, it's funny. But however, this is coming from a manager who, in his first after his first league game, talked about the Rangers getting referee decisions against them mm. for a long time. I mean, this is a guy who's, who only just came into Scottish football when he said that, and he's talking about a club who. Get, get called the establishment club for a reason. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, I think the, the, other, the only other side I would look at is I think Gerard's got a bit of the sort of Jose Mourinho's about him in that sense is that he doesn't care if he comes across as a hypocrite. He'll just say what he thinks will benefit his club, mm. his team. I don't think he really gives a shit if you dredge up things that he said in the past. I think he, everything's a means to an end. I get the feeling that he uses the media for for what for his own ends, for his own means, which is. Fair enough, I suppose, but it always gets a bit cringeworthy because it's all just these things are happening week to week. So you can we all we don't have that short memories. We can all remember when you were green because I think I saw stuff on Twitter like five separate things, yeah, yeah, all about VAR and mm. things that he needs for Scottish football and stuff. So yeah, it's a bit cringe. And then we move on to he's he did a podcast with Jamie Carragher. I listened to the whole thing. It's actually a really interesting interesting discussion. He talked about Rafa Benitez. Gerard talks about his uh, development as a player and how he how he experienced you use the experience as a player and to help young players coming through at Rangers or whichever club he's going to be in charge of. But then he said about he'd love to see Rangers or Celtic or Scottish leagues, uh, Rangers Celtic in, in England, which is, that's not uh, mm, uncommon. Shock horror. That's not un- like an uh, un- uncommon opinion. It is, uh, and it's, it's something that gets dredged up every now and then. But then it was the one where he said he'd like to see the Scottish leagues filter into the uh, English leagues because it would help save, uh, it, would, it would help and save Scottish football. Oh, shove your fucking face up your arse! That is rank. <laughs> I mean, that is absolute fucking rank. I, I didn't know that Scottish football was in need, in need of a saviour. I, 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 I didn't know it, was, it came in the um, came in the guise of an English league which is eating itself. Yeah. Well, he wanted so so what you would. Be promotion and relegation from that, so you get the Scottish Premiership, then you would get in the League Two in England. Is that the sort of? He, he didn't. He, he didn't specify his details. I don't think he's fucking. <laughs> <it too much. laughs> I mean, I, I would love to see Ross County in the same league as Plymouth Argyle because that would be yes. what about a twelve-hour round trip at least. The, no yeah, more than that. Uh, yeah. Uh, How, why was Carragher's response to that? He didn't really. I, I don't think he. Even this, is, this is boring as fuck I'm moving on that there, there, was, there wasn't much discussion after, after yeah. that with regards to the, the, the system but yeah you, you want football to be 
you kind of do want it to be kind of parochial, so it's easier to get to games. You want uh, fans uh, accessible. Ross County, Plymouth, uh, just no chance. But also, this is an England like feed into English leagues. They look at uh, Scotland as a kind of joke figure, but this is England where in the third tier they've got twenty three teams, and one of the twenty three teams got a twelve point deduction for going to an administration. Yeah. It's um, it's a shambles. And Bury Bury have went under. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. That's yeah. They, they, yeah. Were, they were the 24th team. In yeah. The, yeah, and there's probably a lot more teams that would go under if they weren't sponsored by betting companies. Yeah. Um, which, you know, obviously there's... One of my noughties was going to be the um, the story about uh, how Bet365, mm. and I think there's a few other companies as well, have now basically sort of got rights to the FA Cup. And if you open up an account, then that way you can watch the FA Cup through that and it's just you know there's been so many stories in a lot of newspapers about <coughs> the link between you know gambling and mental health um, and if you have a look at the English Championship I think over half the teams in the English Championship are sponsored by betting companies that you've never heard of yeah yeah that, that's it's a betting companies you've never heard of so we're not, we're not whiter than white here either no no it's gone. Gone. I mean, but, no, you, but if you do look at it Ladbrokes who um, are pulling their well not pulling they're um, stopping their sponsorship yeah. of the uh, of the SPFL at the end of the season because I think it's, it's run its course and the company that owns Ladbrokes I think they own Coral as well they want to be seen to be kind of promoting healthy gambling so their focus is, is less on advertising gambling and it's more on helping people um, who kind of struggle with gambling problem, got yeah. problem gamblers it's a big risk because I imagine like a lot of these sort of companies that the problem gamblers is what makes the money it's not me or you putting a £5 coupon on uh, and it's a similar it's like mobile phone games it's like they, all the money's made with like a yeah. 4% of people who are, have problems with it and everything else is sort of small money so um, it's quite impressive if if you like the turkeys are voting for Christmas like this. Like the, the thing that struck me as that is absolutely mad is that uh, Spurs new stadium they've got the super fast Wi-Fi mm-hmm. um, that the fans can connect to but it blocks every gambling site except from William Hill right. because of an agreement Ah, they've got with Spurs <laughs> Jesus Christ so you know although Scottish football is maybe not you know it's it's not one of the top five leagues in Europe put it that way um, but I think in a lot of ways it is well we could be healthier. if we end up filtering ourselves into English football well of course yeah we could be <laughs> um, I don't, I don't gets worse. so that means the Welsh league filters into the Scottish league and then the Scottish league filters into the English league I would like to send you to a, a, a general press conference Tony and just querying him yeah, on all these aspects yeah because it just seems like somebody's pulled at his arse at the last minute because they're going to ask that and he wants to say something sort of profound maybe uh, I, it, it probably was just talk the game up yeah. just talk the game up like Scottish people have been here for years and we all like it and it's still very well supported uh, in context of the population and around the rest of Europe uh, the last thing I mean there's talk about European leagues which I also don't like the sound of here but filtering into English football it's just fuck off I think it was, obviously it was, um, it was probably a, a throw he was hanging a throwaway comment but it was just a really shit let's <laughs> <That's> not <laughs> throwaway comment I mean changing how the whole fucking not just English, uh, Scottish football works, but also how English football works you can't just have that as a throwaway comment Right, um, we'll stop hotties and hotties there. I had one more hottie, it was about a safari walk at Hamilton Stadium. But stay tuned to the uh, Terrace Podcast Twitter tomorrow because I'll put up some pictures well, of what I'm I, talking I, about. I, I was going to have a rant about uh, the Ricky Gervais reaction to his, um, 
to his uh, Golden Globe speech, but we'll okay, leave no, it. go for it, go for it. No, no, I'm, I'm sure I'll give, give you a rant and then we'll move no, on. No, no, it won't be long. Uh, I was just, I was looking at the, I, I, so I listened to it for the first time today because I saw that, and it's just, it's just strange how everyone is going so sort of mental about it. Like it's some sort. It's always that with Ricky Gervais now. It's like he's meant to be really hard hitting, but I really don't get it. It's like he just says things mm. and like statements that everyone knows, and he doesn't really wrap it in any sort of like humour. There's no real punchlines to a lot of what he says he's kind of a guy who's got he's only got like one shtick now and it's like he keeps on ratting on it's like so if you don't find it funny it's like oh you don't get it or you're offended you're offended I'm not offended it's just it's not particularly funny like the arc of the joke isn't good or I think and and he'd done the same with the religious stuff before it's like he finds this sort of one thing it's like you can see it's a guy that's clearly struggling um, for content and he really he focuses on one so this one and I really was interested I saw someone on Twitter referring to it and talking about that interview that Chris Morris had on Channel 4 um, on the news and he was talking about how he uses comedy and how you should do it and he thinks that a lot of like satire and comedy now is they go out and they slag off the elite but really it's like they all just laugh pat them on the head thanks and do it again and I thought that was a really good one for Gervais because there's a reason he's been asked to do that five fucking times I think Gervais is clearly a talented screenwriter when when he is paired with Stephen Merchant Merchant, Uh, because I think Merchant sort of tamps down a lot of the thing Ricky that's that's just not very funny mate yeah. but it's, you know let's do this let's make it a little bit more surreal by doing it this way uh, and it works well because obviously The Office yeah, I mean, like, The I, Office I, is fantastic I loved, I've seen Gervais twice live yeah. when I was young, a kid like I did I loved him when I was a kid but it's just it's yeah. all grown a bit old yeah and he's sort of like he's never going to be finished because he's now got sort of like he's like got that sort of second level the morons are all on his side now and the thing it's like he, I think someone like Gervais should notice that how popular he's become should actually tell him how shit he's become because <laughs> like people when they get especially in comedy and something like that it's always more alternative stuff that's actually really funny and now he's sort of like the most mainstream as it comes and just saying things like that's shit you're shit you're a transsexual whatever there's no real art to the jokes it's just sort of statement after statement after statement he's a pedo you knew he was a pedo right brilliant that's not really that funny it's not hard hitting and I'm not offended I just don't think it's funny I'm up for laughing at you've not earned my laugh yeah yeah it's not, it doesn't mean but I get really frustrated at this well you don't get you're not um, you're just offended I'm not speaking of things we don't get transfers in Scottish football <laughs> <laughs> seamless so yeah we are going to then kind of do a transfer special when we're going to look at the transfers that have kind of happened in the in the league so far in January ins and outs and then go on to talk about who what positions each team needs to needs to improve on. So first we're going to just talk about what has happened so far in the nine days since the, the wind opened. We'll start with Hearts, because I think they've had the biggest talking points. Mm-hmm. So Glenn Whelan has been released, thankfully, and Christoph Bed has been told to train with reserves as club captain, while Jake Mulraney and Craig Whiten are on the way out as well. I think they're training with the reserves. reserves. Yeah. So it was more the... The apparent tr- bad treatment of Whelan and Berra, which has got a lot of column inches, uh, but the actual, f- the dis- kind of the football, t- the football aspect of the dis- decision is spot. Absolutely, yes. There's no, there's no d- doubt about that. I mean, the guys, it's not just even people are saying this about, oh, they don't fit the style of play. In my opinion, they don't fit anyone's 
style of play, they are like finished or they're crap. Like, I mean, Wigton's never came anywhere. I mean, Sonny, I know Gary's had his day with you, and I know he will have a place in your heart. I will come back to forever. But he's not done anything at Hearts to show that he's anywhere near capable of like playing for a team that's going for Europe or even keeping them in the league. Uh, Glenn Whelan, um, as I think a lot of people suspected at the start, was using Hearts. Uh, it was only, I think, a lot of the rumours now saying that he was only actually training a couple of days a week. It was, it was, it was basically um, Hearts was an option. I think he had offers uh, for a, a lot of money in the uh, the Middle East or Far East, but. Mick McCarthy says to stay in Ireland's uh, Ireland squad you need to be playing at a decent, a decent yeah. level in Europe uh, and that's why he chose Hearts I think there was a very much uh, Craig Levine might not bend over backwards to get him but there was a lot of there was a lot of leeway for Whelan as has been kind of speculated that he was only training training twice a week he didn't have to do any media duties um, at all at the club and now that he's a free agent trying to get a new club he's done two interviews within, within the space of a couple of days I'd and then, so to finish my point, and then you've got Berra, who's who's been hopeless. And I mean, in the context of any team in the league, if Berra was playing for them, he's been absolute rubbish. And it's irrelevant if you got married on Friday. Um, you're you're, I mean, you're yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you can make arguments about timings and sensitivities and whatnot, but from a footballing perspective, uh, the only game this season I've seen Christoph Berra play well was the Easter Road Derby that we were at Tony. Yeah. And that was because Hibs just kept shelling the ball. Yeah. Doing there. Yeah. So Christoph Berra is naturally going to go, yeah, that's fine, and just gobble up those balls all day long. Yeah, yeah. Um, But if you have a look at the stats, I think over half of all the goals that Hearts have conceded have come from his sort of left... Area, Le- yeah. Left of centre channel. That, yeah. um, the, there were stats that, I think it was Rain- Rangers Report... Uh, yeah, I think, I think came out with. Uh, if you have a look at all the stats... And just your eyes, a ba- yeah. Basically, just use your eyes. You can see that since he was rushed back from injury, which he was, he was back in what was it, three months and three weeks? Yeah, three months, three weeks. He was initially ruled out for six weeks, eh, six, six weeks, six months. Yep. So there's maybe that where that bit for the sort of feeling sorry for him is that he put his body line to try there, and help. There, there's, a, there's a couple of aspects of the sympathy is that he's obviously a great servant and he was fantastic when he first came yeah. back. The injury he got thrown in and then just kind of repeatedly. Played simply because injuries, Slovene didn't trust anyone else. There's, it's been mismanaged to hearts, everyone knows that. And then. I'm so, Slovene uh, ruined his career? The end of his career? Is that, would have, if that hadn't happened, no, there's no. speculation to be said, I would say, but no. if he's given the time to re- repair, he's got another two years at the top level no, that he now doesn't have. But you, you talked about, I, I think if, if better plays in a team which are set up. Um, which can of suit him, mm-hmm. then he's he's still he's he's still Sensible. got a lot to offer. For example, uh, Tommy Wright made comments after St Johnston beat Hearts about the defence. He just says uh, the the defenders did what I wanted defenders to do: head balls, clear it, block. That's what Christoph Berra does. Yeah. So, for example, St Johnston's back in a back to the wall defending would be ideal for Berra. But a football decision, Stendhal has to get rid of him because he does not fit into. Stendhal's system he can't play a high line he's too slow in the turn he can't defend one on one situations out wide because Stendhal wants his full backs to push up high high up the mm-hmm. park and on the ball he uh, wrote about the news described he, he treats he treats uh, treats the football like a live grenade has been wrapped in a hot potato <laughs> just get rid of it he, he honestly one of the his most popular kind of most frequent gestures is putting his hands to his sides like I don't want that ball <laughs> I don't want that ball yeah, great stuff so St Johnston, where you reckon he might end up? No, I've, I've no idea. He's, he'll be an uh, he's one of the high, highest, players, uh, highest paid players at Tynecastle. I think St Johnston are quite happy now that they've got uh, 
Liam Gordon back, back so they've yeah. kept some like four clean sheets in the last five yeah, games yeah they've done, they've done um, really well but I think Star- Wright will be in the mark of an experienced defender but I don't think it's as pressing as trying no. to like really push if, we were doing, if this was a month ago maybe yeah. I could see a team in the championship which has perhaps more money than sense because obviously Barrow would have been on a pretty significant package he is still on a significant package with 18 months will he dig his heels in Jenk? Or Jinky really wants to play because it's he's never going to get paid what that is. So mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be looking for a payoff if I was him. Now, that, that, now that he's trained, I'd have my cake and eat it. Now that if I've been felt disrespected like he does, I'd be wanting my cake and eating it. Now. I don't think he'll, he, he won't. He won't take the decision to just kind of walk away from Hearts and like take a massive uh, wage cut. He'll be making sure he's getting what he's what he's due. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the train with the reserves decision. Mm-hmm. I can kind of understand because Stendhal wants to work with players who. Uh, it's going to suit his style and better you could see as a hindrance in training but it's, I think it's, it's slightly disrespectful that however um, I think better will want to play play football mm. Delamigiat to Aberdeen two and a half year deal which is a surprise it seemed like it was going to be a loan deal but uh, and Hibs might have been interested but he's ended up back at Aberdeen how disappointed are you Tony? Uh, well me personally uh, Delamigiat was one of my favourite players uh, probably of, of this might seem over the top, but of all time, I've really loved watching Dylan McGill. Mm. I've, I've spoken about it before. Um, he had his down points. I mean, I don't think he ever played more than 50% of league games in a season, maybe apart from the last one before, when, funnily enough, his contract was, was running out. Uh, but I just loved watching. I loved the way he used his body. I thought he was just a really classy player. I thought he was quite a unique player um, in Scottish football terms, that style. And his ability just to move through the lines really helped Tibbs build up from the back. It's not as easy as you think. I mean, giving a midfielder the ball, the amount of times you see people building up for the back. is In, in UK and all, and I'm counting this in England as well, give it to midfielder, he gives it back, they pass it around, they pass it forward, pass it back, and then eventually they knock it long. Mm-hmm. Like, the same thing happens, except that they pass it around a bit at the back. But when McGeoch was at Hibs, he really allowed us to... He like drop of the shoulder, he beats a man with barely touching the ball, and suddenly you're your men up and you're pouring forward, Boyle's going forward, um, and obviously you've got McGinn driving there. So I thought he was wonderful. If they get that player of the last season, they've got they've got one of the best midfielders in the league. For me, a guy that was on the fringe of the Scotland squad, I know he made it. He's never going to break that because it's such a sort of sad yeah, part of the, the Scottish team. But um yeah, if if they can keep him on the park and use them in the correct way they've got an absolutely outstanding player. and that's the big one mm. use them in the correct way because mm. Derek McInnes is uh, not a f- uh, he's not a fan of using players in the correct way but you look at that and you look at McGeek as one of the one of the sorry you look at McGeek as the kind of ideal player that Aberdeen needs when you can kind of watch watch Aberdeen as someone who can get on the ball and control it I think Craig Bryson's not turned out the way they wanted in terms of getting minutes on the pitch. Uh, Fonsoyo is a bit more combative. You've got uh, Ferguson, who's, I think, again, very combative, but he's not a technical player. So you've got McGeoch to actually kind of control it. So I uh, I was, I was going to bring this up uh, later on, but um, out of the following, guess the one, the only one Aberdeen feature in the top five. So passes, through passes, key passes, long passes, Passes to the final third, smart passes, and progressive passes. So, which one of these is uh, Aberdeen feature in the top five? Long, long passes. Yeah. So it, it just shows you that they they don't 
you don't pass the ball overly well. So I nearly fell asleep there. (laughs) (laughs) Which is understandable. (laughs) But basically, they don't. They don't play play through the midfield. Mm, that, yeah. Essentially, that's what it means. They don't play the, uh, through the midfield, and they don't kind of pass it centrally. And McGeeck should solve that solve that issue straight away. Yeah, and I think um, looking at who they want, so I know that Kennedy's been strongly linked. Mm-hmm. If I was um, McInnes, because they're still involved, and because he doesn't have the fans on side, so this is a clear looking at try to change the style. As you're saying, McGeeck will allow them to change the style to something that'll be more enjoyable for the fans to watch, even if it doesn't necessarily put them any higher in the league, because they're only going to be able to go one position higher. But if they manage to get Kennedy in, I would be looking to pay a little bit of money now and get him in, because I'm picturing uh, maybe a 4-2-3-1, you've got Ojo and McGeeck, or you've got Ferguson and McGeeck, or you can even play 4-3-3, and then you can use Kennedy and Hedges, with Cosgrove up front and you've also got McGinn if you want to make that three in behind it gives them a lot of options uh, because he can play centrally and he can play wide because they don't really have much of an attacking central uh, midfield player yeah, we'll, we'll come on to that later when we talk about what's what's needed for, for teams because that's, that's what I kind of because that would be it. so I just think if they managed to get Kennedy in there now they would really have made a huge strides in how they can play and the sort of versatility in their, in their performance. I, mean, I, I don't disagree with that at all, but I think that I would be stunned if, certainly if Tommy Wright, I can imagine maybe the uh, the, the Browns will be, yeah, yeah, money. Sure. <laughs> yeah. St. Johnson, we love money. Um, but uh, I would be very surprised if St. Johnson do that because the one thing that they need a bit more of is goals. Yeah. Um, and well, we'll come to that yes. later. Yeah. And then so, two, these are the two that have. Um, Concern me most about a team, and it's uh, Southwood and Stubbs have left yeah, yeah. Hamilton. Uh, Luke Southwood, he positively, his name's escaped me, but I think it's um, Luke Southwood has um, came in for Owen from Williams, and he um, it's infinitely better. Infinitely better. <laughs> I mean, he, he just looks like a goalkeeper. Yeah. <laughs> he, but he does, I think he's yeah, it's Luke Southwood. Uh, he's highly rated by he's highly rated by Reading. I think Aki's want to get him back on loan, and understandably so. He has been a lot safer in in between the six. I think he's given the defence a lot more confidence. He's just someone who I think is a much more rounded keeper than on on Fon Williams. Yeah. He doesn't make. Save shots and he's good with the ball at his feet. And it's amazing because if you just look on the standard sort of goalie metric, which is how tall are they, uh, you know, Vaughn Williams is, was he 6'3 maybe? And Southwood is not particularly massive. No. Um, but he, um, I went to the Lanarkshire Derby over the Christmas and New Year break and he just looked like Hamilton's defence actually looked pretty solid mm. uh, and that was obviously with Stubbs in the uh, back line as well uh, Easton's in there as yeah. well so instead of being a left back now that he's well his legs haven't gone but you know he's as he's getting older I think they want to be isolated they're yeah, like, quick Rice is bringing them in a little bit more now um, but yep Hamilton's defence looked a lot more assured than you're used to seeing it look uh, and those, the those, those two play a massive part. Yeah, in that. Um, it's, it's the spine of that team in particular. It's, um, it's Scott Martin in the middle as oh, well. Yeah, and Michael um, Miller. Yeah, and uh, Oakley's been Oakley, yeah. tremendous for them this season as well. Uh, um, I think I, 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 I they've used Oakley quite well. Oakley's been in and out of the team almost. I think he's, he's, he's he has his, he has moments, whereas I don't think he's uh, he's quite inconsistent. Whereas I think they've got big high hope, they've got high hopes for Mayo yeah, who, yeah, who yeah. did really well against against fingers Scotland. crossed as we spoke about in the last pod we're all yeah. keen for that one uh, but losing Stubbs um, it's it's not just that he's been I really don't mean this disrespectfully 
He's not been a good centre-half just in Hamilton's sort of standards, where it would be quite easy to get a player in who does raise the standard in Hamilton. Mm. He would have been playing for, I think, most of the teams in the league with the performances he's had there. I can see him playing. He's, he would have been playing at Hibs. He would have been playing at Hearts. He would have been playing I mean, Hearts at the bottom league, but not the bigger clubs. Motherwell, I reckon he could have been getting his game alongside Gallagher. Uh, Aberdeen, I could have seen him playing... Um, so I reckon he would have been good enough to, with the performances he's had to be playing for essentially anyone in the league outside of the old firm and Hamilton don't normally have that standard of player playing in any position really but what I'm really looking forward to is the uh, traditional Hamilton Ackes are delighted to unveil a player that has played in like the Italian third mm. tier or just the strange and wonderful signs of Hamilton Ackes uh, they have just before Recording this announcement, yes, they've got ask Andy Dales on loan. He was at Dundee last season. Um, he was quite quick, but I think one of the reasons for that is that he seemed to run out of puff after about half an hour of every game that he played for Dundee, and his decision making could be erratic at best. Um, I wasn't a fan of him. No, um, he he wasn't the worst signing we had last season, but he had that's pretty, a low bar. Yeah, he, had, he had pretty strong competition in that regard, um, but it's for me, it's it's a quintessential Hamilton Ackes signing which is a guy who will occasionally come on. Like They seem to have quite a big rotating cast of players that yeah, appear out of nowhere, contribute, you know, something. Two games. Yeah, we, yeah. we spoke about this thing on the last podcast. Was like, it's a collection of guys who, they win you five points, and then another guy might win you three points in another game, and you get a collection of them, and that amalgamates to getting you to 33, and you've stayed up. Like, and yeah. That's why we're saying we're hoping that with Mayo, that maybe we get someone that's exciting for everyone. Because yeah. yeah. I think with Hamilton, it's, there's never really an exciting player for the neutral. It's just guys who churn it out. And, and one other guy that uh, looks like he's about to leave Hamilton is Darren McKinnon. Uh, yeah, he's, been, he's been linked with Greenock Morton, or maybe he has gone. Oh no, I, no! As far as I said, uh, I'll just yeah. I'll just remember him. Um, and that's you know. That's, I don't know if I want to live in a world where Darren McKinnon doesn't play for Hamilton. Um, I mean, if he signs for Dundee, we'll have the hang- angriest midfield in the world: Paul McGowan <laughs> and Darren. <laughs> that's not happening in a month well. or something. Yeah. Um, but no, it's see uh, that to their face. Show. No, 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 absolutely. <laughs> but, I mean, that, that really uh, maybe after show. dark is um, Paul McGowan's <laughs> curfew. No, no, he doesn't. He's, well, he's okay, not going to attack. That'll be his autobiography name. <laughs> <After that. laughs> no, you're right on that. It is weird because you, McKinnon and Emery as well, yeah. uh, who's, who's retired, they were just like two you just instantly thought of at Hamilton. Mm. Obviously, they've produced so many great players, but these were just the, the two not quite talisman because they, they weren't good they, enough to they be talisman know. but they were they were there they were there they were part of the furniture <laughs> and they, they and they'd be fair to say they never let them down as no, such no. They, were, they were good enough robust and reliable keep, yeah yeah and they, like, again Emery would get them six or seven points in a season by scoring a winner or an assist or whatever like again quintessential for, for that team but yeah I'm quite sad to see Tyler McKay go even though I'm sure other midfielders in the league are absolutely delighted to see the see the back of them we also got Livingston uh, going to Livingston. They made a double signing. They brought back, I'm guessing it's pronounced Kieran Brown. He was on loan last season yeah. from Cardiff. He only played a handful of games. So I'm not. Mm. Uh, he played six games. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not clued up on him. He was he's a versatile defender. I think he mainly played at left back, but he looked he looks like a centre back and he looked quite lumbering. The more interesting one is uh, Ryan Schofield as the goalkeeper they got in from Huddersfield. Because um, Sarkic, Sarkic, Sarkic is way back to Aston Villa because Josh Heaton's been injured. And I was reading some comments today from Dan Cowley, the Huddersfield manager, and the Huddersfield goalie coach. They've actually seemed to got high hopes for him. 
they turn he's been on loan at Notts County, they turned down um, offers from teams in League 1 and League 2, they wanted them to play at a higher level, but they also, a big thing was they wanted them to be, a um, uh, big, big thing for them was who was their goalkeeper coach at, uh, at Livingston, and it's Tony Cake, well, yeah. ex-Hibernian, yeah, goal, so. yeah, he was, yeah. So I think they they see Livingston as a good pathway, and obviously they've seen what Sarkic has done. The um, what the goalkeeper co- uh, coach said is that he did well to cope for the challenge of men's football at Notts County last season, and this move will provide him with new tests against higher quality opposition opposition in a very competitive league. So uh, I think he could be one to keep an, an eye because you, you do look at Livingston and you worry about taking Sarkic out of that because mm. other than a really bad error against Motherwell, he has he's been pretty good, yeah, he's been pretty solid. Um, and like on their defence, uh, Lambie's been pretty good. Ricky Lambie. Ricky, uh, he's been, yeah. Uh, no, Guthrie, sorry. Guthrie's yeah. been, Guthrie was pretty good. He's been good for a goal as well. He's got four or five already this season. Um, so, and then, but Lithgow hasn't hit this heights as last season and he's been injured a fair bit. He's been in and out of the team, so maybe another centre-back is kind of what they need to go in there. Um, another centre back leaving that's been a problem, Joe, was McLaughlin is away back to Hull at St Mirren. At St Mirren, yeah. So they have uh, they've they've um, kind of doubled down on him leaving and brought in Conor McCarthy yeah. from Cork and Akin Femuo. Akin Femua. Well, we call it Akin Femua. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, from Norwich. Don't know much about uh, about the um, Norwich guy. He just played. I think he just kind of played under twenty three football. I'm never a big fan of those signings. But it's the they, they say they're high risk. Yeah, I don't know if they're, I think they're low risk, but with well, like, they're high risk if you're bringing them in to play. Yeah, if you're <laughs> playing, yeah, yeah. Because so, um, you, you're not obviously spending money on them, but there's it's likely you're not getting a, a massive reward. McCarthy is someone that Goodwin and McPherson have kind of looked at extensively. They looked at him in the in the summer. I think they were quite keen on him. And he's played a decent number of games for his age and surprisingly he's got a very good goal scoring record. So I think he is the one out of uh, the, the two centre-backs uh, they find um, to, keep keep an, to keep an eye on him. But like I said, he's got quite big shoes to fill up in McLaughlin leaving. Yeah, because obviously they've got Broadfoot's injured as well, mm-hmm. McKenzie's injured as well. So I'm assuming these guys are coming straight into play which, never, which is never ideal yeah no. so they'll be playing in what the Scottish Cup on the 19th we'll get to see them and it's the second season in a row that St Mirren are having to make wholesale changes in January yeah and it was it's one of those where after the first month two even uh, going into the third month of the season you were looking at St Mirren and think just hold on to Jan- the January mm-hmm. and make these wholesale changes because it looked like they really needed it because, again Goodwin arrived in late he didn't have a lot of time to work with the, the, the squad after the kind of managerial uncertainty during the summer before they played Hibs first game of the season they were having to sign loads of boys and it does for a long for large parts it just looked like a team that's been thrown together which it, which it has and they've managed to cope but I think this um, I think you'll probably see more assured signings in January for Goodwin yeah, I think that they're one of the few teams in the league that does have to do a lot um, or you know, is having to make those wholesale changes um, in contrast to the last couple of years when there's been quite a few teams having to do it obviously Hearts is a special case in more ways than one um, case you could say yes. also. Um, but if you have a look at other teams um, I know that we're maybe going to go through them pretty quickly but it tends to just be a little tweak here or there or holding on to a key player here yeah. or there 
Um, what else is there to talk about? Liam Miller's away from Kelly, but I think we, we can maybe leave that until when we talk about Kelly of what they need. And maybe Celtic um, to say Celtic. goodbye to, to Scott Sinclair. Of course, Sinclair. Scott Sinclair. Of course, Scotland's uh, Scott Sinclair has done. Um, has he started, he's got the banner rolling with him leaving because all the uh, all the Celtic fans started pouring out all these stats mm-hmm. and comparing them to Brian Loudrop, uh, which noise up the Rangers fans because his stats were uh, sort of more trophies won. Uh, the goal scoring was really similar. His assists were higher. Obviously, they're very uncomparable compared, like, because of what was going on at the two seventy yeah. time. But just funny, just popping out that. Like, I mean, I saw the Twitter one where he does posting the stats with nothing, just posting the stats, and the fire just came up. <laughs> no words, just post that and let it go. Let's see everyone coming back. So that was good fun. The uh, it's good it's signing for Preston. If, if, if I don't know how they play or if it's going to work or anything, I'm not going to claim I know. But uh, he's a good player. He is. He's he a unique career in Scotland. It's really quite surreal. Very. Because you look at it, I was reading the uh, reading the article from Kieran Devlin today on the, the Athletic, and he Scott Sinclair. Uh, he, he waned towards the end. That was yeah. that was big. That was a big thing. As soon as Rogers left, he clearly wasn't fancied by Lennon. Even before Rogers had left, his influence was um, on the decline. Was, 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 yeah. was on the decline, but. He scored more goals and provided more assists than anyone else uh, in Celtic's treble treble leader. So, you look at the effect he had when he first arrived in Scotland. It was give him the ball and he was going to do um, serious shit. He was doing the Arjun Robin style where everyone knew exactly what he was going to do, but there was no way that anyone really knew how to stop it. Uh, he just cut inside and he'd curl shots in. And his debut was against Hearts at Tencastle. Yeah, he scored a uh, kind of exerted. Um, a quite exciting uh, counter-attack goal oh, yeah. in, a, in a tight game I think he came off the bench and him and uh, he had, he had a, a part to play in Tierney's rise as well him and Tierney linked up really well I would actually say Stuart Armstrong as well because they had that that left side we had Tierney bombing on you had um, Scott Sinclair cutting in and Stuart Armstrong all seemed to be on the left of the midfield mm. uh, the centre midfield and he he kind of pushed in that area in that combination it was uh, w- on his day, especially the first two seasons, he was just unbelievable. Electric, yeah. And it's actually, um, I think a lot of people have looked and thought, oh, press, and that's, you know, you know, what's the point of going to sign for them? But they are actually just outside the championship. Alex Neal's doing very well. Yep. And I think Fingers crossed. Well, like, we're all big Alex Neal fans here. And I told anyone who would listen to a WhatsApp group once about four years ago that Alex Neal would be managing in the Champions League within a decade. So. <laughs> It's so <laughs> and I think I'll just think in my head even if it goes wrong you'll just be Celtic manager <laughs> that's what it is <laughs> see think about yeah. that right before we move on let's get a message from our sponsor here's Craig Phil right welcome back what is needed what does your club need you can't tell us because this is audio Tony Aberdeen what do you think they need? Because you, you've, you've mentioned before about Kennedy coming in and you kind of mapped out what, yeah. they would, what they would look like. I think now that they've got the McGeoch one in uh, and now we can sort of, they can run through the gears, that's what McGeoch will allow them to do and move forward in sort of a less agricultural way, if you like. But I think in creativity is absolutely what they need, whether that's from wide areas or central, I don't think it really matters. I mean, uh, traditionally, with Derek McInnes uh, playing with wingers, it's been a huge part of his game plan. Obviously, Hayes and McGinn have been sort of mainstays of, of, of his whole tenure there before Hayes left. But I honestly think if they could get Kennedy, he would suit it down the ground because he gives them that. Um, he can play central as well. Yeah, that's what I mean. He, he'll be able to give them sort of the options so they can 
they can change it up. They can either have him playing centrally in behind Cosgrove, or they can use him as one of the wingers, which allows them to sort of rotate how they play and make them less easy to judge before a match or during a match. Uh, so either Kennedy or a player of that ilk, which will be hard to find, don't get me wrong, I know they don't just grow on trees, guys, they can both play centrally and wide, but uh, I think that would that's if they got that, then I would, if they keep the Gaelic on the park fit, because they've also got Ojo, but Ojo now being fit as well allows them to rotate, which might help. If they got that, then I would start thinking that um, Motherwell might not necessarily finish third as much as I thought yes. before. I think, I've not, well, I've now got the... Um, unfortunate image of McInnes walking around with a hard on when he's thinking about Kennedy because he's like oh I can play him central I can play him wide I can I can I can uh, not to keep tell me I'm I wrong can, yeah I can, I can just keep <laughs> switching in between and after five minutes in the game go wide another five minutes go central go on the left go on the right I don't need to play him. Wilson anymore yeah. <laughs> and now Viner's out for the season what no looks I think like. it's Greg, Greg, Greg Lee or Viner as well I thought, I thought Viner was out for the whole season I thought now which I thought was sort of like a blessing in disguise because he's sort of the poster boy for McInnes's fucking about yes he is but Greg, Greg Lee is. I think he's injured as well he's, he's got he's got a long a long certainly um, a long a long term injury and so that'll be Andy Constantine going left back so you've got we've got the centre half now McKenna Taylor and Devlin, Devlin. so I, I thought of like a left back someone who can give Aberdeen what Lee gave him in terms of power and thrust and the possibility to play midfield but then going back to the the creative midfielder. I, I, I always thought, is it, is it even worth Aberdeen signing a number 10? Because McKinnish just mis- misuses them. I would love to have seen Roman, uh, Juan Roman Raquelme uh, play for Aberdeen <laughs> just to see what McKinnish <laughs> would do with him. Right. Now, Getting wing goal. back, right wing back. I can't wait to see McGeoch playing out wide for Aberdeen because it will happen. <laughs> it will, I guarantee right you. Right He'll be in the right, playing right midfield at some point because he'll say he's got good dribbling. Or he's good with the ball at his feet, or something. Something even though he's slow as fuck. I love that we slag McInnes, and he is. He's going to lead Aberdeen in the third place again. Yeah, but we're not the only ones. Um, I mean, these entire stands. Yeah, of people who watch him hate him, despite it as well. Uh, but we've we've been through that before. I think a lot. But they can also do an striker. You're a guy. You're, you're agreeing with me. Yeah. Well, I mean, if Cosgrove's out, I mean, obviously they can go to Wilson. But it, it feels a little bit like. <laughs> there is a drop off. Yes, yeah, enough to drop off. Because um, when I got Curtis Main, Bruce Anderson, I wasn't even counting. Yeah, I wouldn't touch him with a barge pole. You can Wilson. I think is a striker. Bruce Anderson as well. And Bruce I think point. I think they want uh, Aberdeen fans want to see a bit more of Bruce. Anderson. Yeah, so I would be the better. Yeah, cause cause Grover. But the sad thing for them is that if they were able to get if they get Kennedy on a pre contract. This beauty would be getting him in and keeping Cosco, but there's no way yeah. that Cosgrove's going to be here after the summer. Unlikely. Not, yeah, you know, back to back. Yeah. Celtic Celtic need to make decisions so they need to work out who they're actually going to play at left back because uh, it seems to be a bit of a a rolling cast of you know one week it's uh, mm-hmm. Bolly Bolongoli and the next week it's Johnny Hayes Greg Taylor goes in the team and then is inexplicably dropped um, later on so I think just having that certainty of who is going to play obviously they'll need to because they've got the last 32 coming up um, and obviously Scottish Cup as well there'll be a little bit of rotation um, but I think Lennon can still sometimes lean a little bit too hard into Lennon ball yeah, um, I can't, I can't I, you don't need to do that with your defence you know it's fine to keep it fresh further up the park but with your defence surely you know uh, the four that you've got if they can sign Forster permanently that would be a big statement yeah. of intent um, but 
don't think it looks likely they're going to do that. I don't know. Do you think he even knows who his favoured back four is? Because I know he does a lot of the, the rotating and stuff, but I'm still never I mean, particularly sure who he's. I mean, it's Julian and I are. They said the, the, the issue um, is that Hatem um, El, El Hamid El Hamid is. Is out injured and he is. He's always played in the big matches. Yeah. So, for example, when when Rangers came to Celtic Park in December, he would have played a right back. I think instead mm-hmm. of Finpong, just because he is such a such a naturally assured uh, football player, he's he's really technically good. He can get up and down, but he's he's got those defensive instincts which Frimpong doesn't have. I think he is. If you're pushed to give them uh, it obviously depends on the game if they're home at Hamilton it's going to be Frimpong no, but uh, El Hamed Ayer um, Julian I think Bon Goalies is probably preferred by five. I don't think you could go in a, in a game I don't, like in Europe you couldn't see Bon and Goalie and Frimpong playing in a back four together no no no, no. El Hamed's played Lazio like, I think Lazio home anyway the the other thing that they could maybe do with is another forward yeah so um, that's because they've, they've obviously got Griffiths on the bench um, they're not but, using them something's, yeah. something's up there yeah simple as that they're not really using them he's getting on the pitch sometimes but only as like sort of like uh you just want to call the cap to you, yeah. But I think it would be smart. I do actually think it would be smart because it would keep them in the shop window as well for them because they clearly don't want to keep them. Um, I think it would make, I've, I've spoken about this before, I think it would make perfect sense. Go somewhere where he's loved. If he has had struggles mentally uh, or in his private life, go somewhere where he doesn't have to prove himself whatsoever. Welcome them with open arms, play every week, probably score goals. Everyone remembers who Lee Griffiths is, and suddenly they can put up to someone down south. Everyone's happy. So they've been, they've been linked to about, about six strikers. And Bio's been They don't touch uh, him now either. No I think he was injured And I think he, he was used He cost a bit Did he not He, he cost money um, yep, Who we got next Hamilton I think Sticking on with Southwood and Stubbs I think they need to replace him yeah. Yeah. It's as simple as that like Goalie and a defender They could do so They would drill team like Hamilton They could improve In every single position Yeah they're better Just better quality yeah. Um, But yeah must, must Need a centre half And a goalkeeper now They really need Yeah really need a goalkeeper is it even worth discussing hearts because it's just beer all fucking day <laughs> absolutely I've, I've literally got where do you start yeah. if you're if, if someone if push come to shove in terms of right you can only have one player you can only have one position Joel that must be improved what would it be I would I would go for I would actually go for a winger with pace just because there's, there's none of that uh, yeah. Especially when Mulraney's leaving I would leave Callum Morrison And the style that he wants to play Yes It's a new that he needs that Yeah I would go with Club Doctor Because <laughs> So many Of your problems Are caused oh, by Oh but believe me um, Gary From what I've heard Is I think there's um, Stendhal's not overly happy with that That side of the yeah. That's how they That'd be that. really interesting if he totally weeds out as well. Like Levine's going to just be out to do that absolute nonsense. Well, he's, he's already, we, already, we already knew that, but you know what I mean, like properly. He's already mentioned. He's, he's already mentioned that it's like the lack of profession, like the professionalism. He wants to increase the professionalism. It's really st- I mean, we're going off tangent, and I'm moving very quickly. But it's really strange because this isn't what Levine was sort of revered for being able, like what he did at Dundee United, and that was like building the club up. In, in all its facets well, it's that's what really... he did with Hearts when he came yeah, in yeah so I find like... it all really quite like something weird's happened to Craig Levine yeah. manager taking eye off 
or one of the yeah, like, yeah. having too many having too many. Spins. Yeah. yeah I think because with Hearts if they can get like Machino I like slagging it off because I like just saying to my friends I was assured he was a good player but um, I do believe that he, he, he clearly has quality he's our top goal scorer yeah. in the league he's got three goals and I do believe that if there was better players around him he would really come to the fore yeah. and probably be real quality so that's something like that number 10 position could probably have sewn up by Machino but yeah. Um, but yeah, there's so much work doing. He's going Goalkeeper, centre back, um, potentially someone that's hips. Yeah, <laughs> I think hold the midfielder. I think was what I, I had just an arsehole in midfield. Yeah. Uh, Duncan Mackay spoke. Daniel McKinnon. It. Yeah, there we go. There you go. Um, just hips for as long as I can remember have had a bit of a soft centre to them. Yeah, and traditionally, they've ne- yeah. They've never Until we really... brought in Bartley. Really, that was yeah. really the one. Um, but even then. Yeah, they just need someone that's uh, willing to bring in the ball, but also willing to just kick people. Yeah, that would be, I think, and I think the way Jack Ross, and the fact that we didn't go for McGill, don't get me wrong, I imagine just through sort of the investment that Aberdeen have, as they probably, and they, what, like, what they've done with Ojo, they were able to outbid Hibbs. But I think from what my taking of it is that Jack Hibbs didn't really go for McGill because I think he wanted the a ball-winning midfielder, and I don't think there's terribly a lot of cash I don't know, but going back, I know that clubs normally say this because they don't they don't want people to know, but it doesn't sound like Hibs are rolling in it to sign a lot of players. I think the budget is... The way reading between the lines of Ross's comments, the budget stretched. Yeah, so I think if he can only have... If he maybe empties one and he can only get one, but I think he's thought, I want a ball-winning midfielder, so I reckon that's what he'll concentrate on, uh, which is sad because I would have liked Hibs to be able to go for it, but I reckon Halberg can do a relatively similar job yeah. to McGeoch. Kelly. Um, someone who knows where the goal is. Um, only Ross. Oh, Co- where the last third is. Yeah, yeah. but only Ross <laughs> County and Hamilton have taken fewer shots than Kelly this season, and Kelly are bottom, or sorry, joint bottom with Ake's on goal scores mm. as well. I know that they've gone through a really barren run of late, but they just need. What was it? Five on the trot without scoring. Yeah, it's. I think they're. What was it? A game and a half away from setting a new record. I think the last. Good. It was St. Johnson. I think is currently hold the record for the longest. It's uh, always funny in Scottish football that they get to the record points tally of their old time and then yeah. it always happens and the next season you become utterly guff. <laughs> the I mean the during November they put two uh, they scored two against Hamilton, three against Hearts and two against Hibs, but there's like three of the worst defences in, in the league yeah, there. Yeah. And then since then they have they've not scored a one, two, three, four, five. They've not scored in six goal, six yeah. games. They've Liam you Miller, say creativity or an actual striker, what would you say is more important? Oh. If you again, I'm big, I'm big, a harsh, harsh question. That's that, I think that's that's really difficult because you've got Eamon, probably because they've got Eamon Brophy, creativity is more important because I just don't see with Liam Miller away a lot, if any, creativity. So you've got Chris Park and Rory McKenzie, they're not. Oh, my King, he's done that a little bit at times. He's, he's like being misused almost because he's like the only one out of the three. Him, Dickon Power that has any sort of sort of forward momentum. Yeah, so he has he's contributed, but I wouldn't hang my hat on him being um, like that passer or. I think Osman Sow's gone back to Dundee United now. Osman Sow's away, um, so is Simeon Jackson. Uh, Craig Anderson, Harvey St Clair, is he so? Just seem to vanish. I've not seen anything mentioned about him. So, all right, okay. Uh, Craig Anderson not say there's something weird about Sow that he might not be able to play. There's some yeah, there's some strange quirk with his registration or something that like he's that. not going to be able to play yeah. in Dundee United. Oh, okay. It's something to do with Cal. I can't remember, but there's ah. there is an issue. Not sure it'll be a massive. <laughs> yeah, Robbie Nielsen will be. Oh, I can't wait for Osman to come back. <laughs> Sobbing <something> again. <laughs> 
No, I think massive. They need to do business uh, this uh, this January. Looking at um, looking at their attacking aspects. Livingston. So we, we did, did mention them earlier. I think they've done what they need to do. I, I mean, obviously the proof is in the pudding, if you will. Um, because yeah, but they've got the bodies in. They've got. They've replaced them. Whether or not they're actually. Adequate. Uh, yeah, exactly. I was reading some Livingston fans, and I thought a lot of them were kind of just like, just need backup. They were interested in uh, Effie Ambrose, but I don't know if that's been. I'll be fucking raging. That'll be, that uh, that's but... been kibosh because they brought in Brown. The only other one is backup to Dykes because we've seen it in the first half of the season. Dykes came out of the team. It takes a lot away from the team because you've not got back. You've got Robinson playing there, who is a runner but doesn't give the team what Dykes does. Yeah. Oh, Vicky Ambrose sings for Livingston it would be quite funny you know sort of, if, he, if he's still as good as he was it would be actually really quite funny to see him could you be, you'd be looking like hips like Bartley and Ambrose like, probably take both of them back <laughs> yeah I'd love to have Ambrose back I mean Ambrose is Griffith, absolutely brilliant Griffith started at Livy as well yeah <laughs> <laughs> just get him back yeah. <laughs> Livy finished third yeah. Motherwell I think they need another option up front up front that is not because um, again I mean I'm basing a lot of this on the Lancashire Derby which was their worst performance for mm-hmm. a while um, but I don't think Seedorf is always the answer in fact I think he's rarely the answer to what they're looking for um, if Scott I think it's Scott that's been looked at by Bristol City yeah. as well um, so if he goes that will leave them really short they've got a lot front, of even with a long <laughs> uh-huh. um, <laughs> they've, uh, they've got a lot of half strikers yeah, uh, guys, they 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 are they're talented. They they work well in systems. I mean, Long's excellent at running the channels. Uh, he's good. He's back to goal and stuff like that. But and Scott's uh, look better when he's played out wide than when he's played up front. And Cole is he's he's, back. he's, he's away. He's is he gone as well? He's gone. Oh, yeah, right. he's, he's went. He's back. Right back to Wigan. Right. Okay. Well, they definitely need a strike. So that, he was why. one that could play on the on the shoulder, mm-hmm. uh, but he is he was an attic. If you like, so like I said, they had a lot of half. Sort of strikers who you mould them on, and it was good enough because they were able to rotate and get the best out of all of them in different games. But I think if they could go and get themselves a striker, that even someone who could go and hit eight to ten for the end of the season, that could consolidate that third. I mean, when you talk about that, like eight for a striker when we come back from the winter break, we're 20, 21 games in the season. If a team can get eight to ten goals. Like, getting a look at what Camberry McLaren did yeah. uh, for Hibs in that second half of the season. That is absolutely huge. Well, so look what I've done. Look what I've done yeah. Hibs. Like, uh, absolutely that was, massive. That let put Hibs at their sort of best ever sort of points total mm-hmm. in, in the league because they brought in guys and they were able to get combined probably about fifteen goals out of those two in that sort of small period. So, because so, we, we talked about the the guy from St Mirren of signed from Norwich. Uh, I, I can fend we'll call <laughs> and like, you never know about these under 23 players you should just go down to England and just get just get six of them on loan and <laughs> yeah. just, like, surely one of them yeah, yeah, yeah. you go you're shot you're, <laughs> everyone gets a half your job <laughs> moving to to Rangers I've just got don't sell Morelos yeah, like no. there's there's nowhere that they need strengthen no it, it, it's, it's this is a, it's a window where they want to cut the squad mm-hmm. but um at the same time, keep their main, keep their main. Uh, their, their it's main like get rid of the players now, so they're good to go in the summer. With no, I, I, the amount of like giving yourselves a clear head with the right numbers before you go into the summer. When I imagine it'll be a huge summer 
for Ranger. They're going to spend money. Yeah. Especially if they don't win the league. <laughs> They'll be spending Cause I think with like, their means. <laughs> I think the likes of... Um, I think Jake Hasty's loan, it looks like that might get cut short. Oh, really? I, I was reading today that um, they because they've, they've continued. They, they've brought somebody else in to... It's Rotherham, exactly. Rotherham, yeah. Uh, they've brought someone else in which apparently could threaten him. Uh, Jordan Jones is getting looked at by... Three Ch- championship clubs. Yep. Blackburn, Middlesbrough and Stoke. Yep. Um, and then there's just I think if you actually look at Rangers full squad list there's quite a few players on it that you sometimes forget yes, they've got Rizzo Gresda didn't they they've got yeah, they away Andy King's away I think Jamie Murphy Greg Dockett potentially um, will go out on loan oh, I'd love to get Greg Dockett they, they're shredding not bulking yes they're, they're shredding the, the only one I think has been mentioned is uh, a, a winger so, uh, someone who is more reliable <laughs> than Jones um, Barker Stewart. Barker for example uh, Barker yeah. um, completely forgot about him she oh yeah, he's not a Rangers yeah. fan <coughs> he's totally disappeared as well I mean, no, if he's, no. he's not touched kicked a ball it's not, it's not reliable mm. someone coming from Liverpool uh, who has a decent pedigree just not reliable at all when you compare him to what and, it's, and it's already at the start of the season when things are a bit more fun if you understand what I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah and but now that it's getting to that tense moment, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and the, the big old firm games and that, and they're playing away. Like here, get the fuck, mate. You're not playing. Ross County. The, the, every time it, it doesn't the core matter. of that the central belt, uh, not up front. The rest of the central piece. Just the, the, the defenders. They need they need central defenders. Callum Morris, no. Keith Watson, absolutely, absolutely not. not. Liam Fontaine. Best of a bad bunch, and I'm which is my he's been for crap. Yes, I've been so unimpressed with all the deals. And who's that, Gravosti? I like him. Oh, he, oh. <laughs> he um, although when I've seen him, uh, kind of when I've been impressed with him, he's been in the centre midfield. But I think naturally he's a defender. But they could do the midfielders as well. Ross County, it's like they. You think? I, I think they're, they're really lightweight in there. They're playing with Spence. And Ian no, Viger's like a 4 4 2. I think it's the issue is so you've got Ewan Henderson and Harry Payton. I think they're two very good football players. Mm. Yeah, Spence, is, Spence isn't for me. They're very soft. And Rostry, they're missing Ross Draper. And would that not. Would you not and then maybe the, the centre halves could argue that they are left very yeah. exposed. That would but, be. Especially guys of the age of Fontaine, that would nobody really. In front of them, I would implore you. To, I would implore you to watch uh, all the goals Ross County conceded this season. You will need about three hours of your time because they conceded a lot. I probably have seen all of them in, in, in week to week, but. but there's been there's been so many just ridiculous errors Individual where they errors, just yeah. like indecision or just not clearing your lines, just so waiting on the ball. So nothing to do with shape. Or, there's been there's been obviously some of them will come yeah, to yeah, that, course, but, but I mean, a lot of them have just been really really bad errors. And I mean, I love a lot of clubs would be killed to even just take one of their strikers off them. Oh yeah, all I think. So you've got Billy McKay has chipped on a few goals. Brian Graham's done fantastic, and Ross Stewart. They've all three of them have done. Have done, have done really and then well. Lee Irwin just scored before the break, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So you, sorry, again. I was just going to go on St Johnson. Actually, I was jumping ahead. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, we talked about Ross County strikers St Johnson would kill for one of those yep. um, and as you said as well just another defender not necessarily to start because mm. uh, the Gordon Kerr a good pairing at the back for them um, but once you uh, injure one of them um, you're <laughs> then fucked. left with Maddis Vyman or Wallace Duffy um, and I think Duffy it was too much too soon for him um, whereas Vyman I think he was the player that Tommy Wright saw Play against yes, Northern Ireland. Ireland. Um, I was like, oh, he looks good, um, and that's why you don't base signings on ninety minutes. Yeah, 
as Joel would tell you, because you said he's the worst, worst player. Play, worst, worst player I've, I've seen this season, yeah. I think. Um, okay, albeit it's been a short, it's got a small sample size. Yeah. The, uh, they're not a fan of uh, Tony Ralston, which is a, a shock. Un- understandable. The, when we mentioned the striker, I seen Colin Cunning um, tweet about Chris Kane. He is the um, he's got the highest expected goals of any player yet to score in the Premiership, which I think just sums up Chris Kane in yeah. a nutshell. He is St. He's Johnson's. He's not scored and he's missed good chances. Yeah. He is St. Johnson's Craig Whiten. He is a player that because he came through the academy, they cling on to this belief that he's going to make it. But he's actually. Yeah. And just being able to replace and shift on Stevie May. As sad as it is, we bet. Things all these if he's signed permanently, yeah. he will be on decent. He'll be on very good money. The and I was there. I know that in the Patreon we were going to talk about summer transfer business, but yes, the fathers and Johnson put all their eggs in that basket instead of maybe thinking of giving more money to uh, Louis for. Dick and it's a little taste. It's a, it's a little taster for that Patreon. Uh, I would say Aberdeen's business was weak. Uh, for their transfer when I'm going to grade it but what might bring it up is the fact that they managed to offload Stevie May that's insane so Tommy Wright was carrying away that basket full of eggs and then it McKinnish just run up behind them and kicked the legs <laughs> <laughs> you fool <laughs> St Mirren last but definitely least well, centre half as we said earlier um, now that uh, McLaughlin's away I know they've brought in this guy but who knows they've still got a lot of with Broadfoot and something out, depending on how long they're out for, they might need to, and they also need creativity because Tony Andrew, I know he got an assist before um, the break, but I don't think we can be relying on him. They've signed uh, another player from Ireland, Jamie McGrath from Dundalk. He, um, Goodwin's talked a lot about him in terms of he can play in a number of positions uh, behind the behind the main striker, but I think just better quality in the final third. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that's a big thing. For yeah, because Dermis. Um, like he's one of those he'll hit so many shots he'll do so many crosses that yes some will eventually go in and some of the crosses will make their Obika is a handful but yeah you're right you just can't really rely and then even like McGuinness I think he's overrated man he doesn't really I don't think he I think he's he's turned uh, away from this kind of creative player into more of a, a rounded midfielder yeah okay okay that's fair because his output isn't good enough for what yeah, I would say that, exactly. yeah, where, where I would imagine him Right, that is, we've, we've ran over time and missed the chance to do a championship preview. We'll move that on to the Patreon, but thanks very much for listening. We will be back on Monday and it'll be a Glasgow podcast. Mm. In the meantime, there'll be stuff going on Patreon with Craig away. I've not really looked at it too much, but I think he's taken care of quite a lot. So I'll need to uh, keep an eye on it and make sure everyone's ticking along. You can find that at patreon.com forward slash terrace podcast, Twitter, Facebook, the usual. Say goodbye, Gary. Goodbye. Tony? Goodbye. Thank you, guys. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.